98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines, anti-extradition campaigners step up their actions, bursting into Harcourt Road, then surrounding police headquarters. The Justice Secretary joins a chorus of officials apologising for the extradition fiasco. And in other news, a former foreign minister of the Philippines says he's been stopped from entering Hong Kong. Hundreds of anti-extradition campaigners are surrounding police headquarters in Wan Chai as they step up their demand for an inquiry into the policing of a major protest last week. Earlier, the protesters burst into Harcourt Road, blocking traffic before heading to the police complex. For the latest, we go to our reporter, Francis Sitt, who is outside police headquarters. I'm currently outside of police headquarters in Wan Chai and a big group of protesters have earlier moved their fight here. In a never-before-seen situation and something protesters have actually warned about, hundreds of protesters are now surrounding the police headquarters. The protesters have now basically occupied a whole arsenal street and blocked various entrances to the police headquarters. And they're chanting slogans demanding a meeting with the police commissioner, Stephen Lowe, for the police to retract the classification of the June 12 protest as the riot to release those arrested and to investigate police response that day. Earlier police negotiators have attempted to talk to the protesters through a loudspeaker, telling them they're not clearing up the scene, but urge protesters to express their views in a peaceful and rational manner. The negotiators said surrounding the police headquarters would seriously affect the emergency service the police provide. But the protesters booed and shouted at them, saying it's the police commissioner who they want to talk to, and shouted at them to free the protesters. So the situation here is quite tense as the protesters have made their anger towards the police very clear through the chance. The police are definitely on guard right now, but they've taken a rather passive stance and they aren't making attempts to clear the crowd. We'll keep an eye on the situation. Thank you, Francis Sitt. The protests had been relatively subdued earlier this morning. Timmy Sung was at the scene and set out how the anti-extradition campaigners dramatically stepped up their actions. Just before 11 o'clock this morning, more than a thousand black-clad protesters rushed into Hardcourt Road, bringing traffic to a standstill on one of Hong Kong Island's busiest roads. Some were seen dragging barriers into the carriageway. But within a few minutes, a large number of them left and headed to the police headquarters, leaving only a few hundred people behind. They set up makeshift barriers at the intersection of Harcourt Road and Timor Avenue and also removed the barricade set up outside the government headquarters and chief executive's office. But police officers stationed inside the central government offices didn't take any action to stop them, nor did they issue any warning. They remained on standby. Police have appealed to protesters to leave the road around police headquarters and clear Harcourt Road. Senior Superintendent Yolanda Yu stressed it wasn't a clearance operation. At about 10.50 a.m. this morning, some people began to gather around Harcourt Road, causing obstruction to other vehicles. Obstructions were also found in other roads, including Asino Street. There were also a large crowd surrounding the police headquarters, which affect police emergency service to the public. I now appeal to members of the public to leave as soon as possible. This is not a clearance operation. We respect the rights of the public to express their wills in a peaceful manner. 
Earlier, supporters of the police had gathered outside police headquarters. An association of local members serving in the mainland's advisory body, the CPPCC, has written a letter of thanks and donated a million dollars to the force. The association's president, Ian Jay, says police did a good job maintaining social order during protests these past two weeks. I think it's better to give the uh, police a, a fair uh, comment and view on their uh, hard working uh, last week. There's a lot of, I would say, not fair, unfair attacks to their actions uh, last week. So we want the, our society to be reasonable and rational to see what had actually happened last week. The Secretary for Justice, Theresa Chang, has become the latest official to apologise over the government's extradition proposals. And she stressed there's no timetable to introduce it again after weeks of protests. It comes three days after a second apology from the Chief Executive, Carrie Lam. Timmy Sung reports. On her official blog, Theresa Cheng wrote that there were deficiencies in the government's work on the fugitive bill, which would have allowed extradition arrangements with mainland China and any jurisdiction on a case-by-case basis. She said it caused disputes in society, and as a member of government, she offered her sincere apology to all the people of Hong Kong. The Justice Secretary stressed there was no timetable to try to table the bill, and the administration had learned a lesson and would adopt a sincere and humble attitude towards criticisms and make improvements. The Security Secretary, John Lee, has also apologised over the bill. Pro-Beijing legal scholar Albert Chen says local courts can deal with the case of a local man accused of murder in Taiwan, despite the government shelving its extradition bill. The government had cited the case as the reason to amend laws. Professor Chen says local courts need only be given jurisdiction to try overseas murders or manslaughter cases involving Hong Kong residents. He says this would require a single amendment to the Offences Against the People Ordinance. If we are only talking about one or two offences being added to the list of the existing maybe 10 or more offences that can be tried on the basis of extraterritorial jurisdiction, I don't think that that is difficult from the legal point of view because it only means one amendment of the Offences Against the Person Ordinance. Uh, And the amendment can be simply copied uh, from Section 9 of the Offences Against the Person Act uh, in the UK. In other news, a former foreign secretary of the Philippines says he's been denied entry into Hong Kong and detained at the airport while visiting the SAR for a business meeting. Albert Del Rosario told the AP news agency that immigration officer said his detention was due to an unspecified case. Mr Del Rosario has previously filed a case against President Xi Jinping and other state leaders at the International Criminal Court, accusing them of crimes against humanity. He also led an arbitration case over China's territorial claims in the South China Sea. Last month, a former Philippine judge said she was denied entry to Hong Kong. Researchers at the University of Science and Technology have launched a new app that promises to give people a more accurate picture of their exposure to air pollutants. The Praise HK app gives readings on toxins such as nitrogen dioxide and particulates right down to the street level. The government only monitors pollution at 16 fixed stations that measure the average air quality over a district. Professor Alexis Liu was the app's principal investigator. If you have asthma, you have allergy, then you want to know a lot more. 
So in a sense, our app was really thinking about what we call the sensitive subgroups. But、uh, we also hope that the general public will use this app to understand a little bit better about air quality issues. The United States has slightly improved its ranking of Hong Kong in its annual trafficking in persons report. The city is now in tier two, moving up from tier two watch list. It means Hong Kong does not meet minimum U.S. standards for eliminating trafficking, but is making efforts to do so. The government here noted the report, but insisted human trafficking wasn't prevalent. Robert Kemp reports. The U.S. State Department report praised the SCR government for setting up a hotline for foreign domestic helpers, increasing training for officials, and allocating funding for an anti-trafficking plan. It also welcomed progress on victim identification and the establishment of anti-trafficking police units. But it said sufficient efforts hadn't been made to ensure the safe repatriation of victims, and no labour traffickers had been convicted. The report called for legislation against all forms of trafficking, and for the SAR to stop penalising victims for unlawful acts. It said traffickers had made them commit. Foxconn chief Terry Guo says he'll cede control to a nine-member team weeks after announcing a bid to become Taiwan's next president. He was speaking at the start of a shareholder meeting. Officials in northern India say more than 40 people have been killed after a bus plunged into a gorge. Dozens more were injured in the accident, which happened yesterday in the mountainous state of Himachal Pradesh. Here's the BBC's Ramela Dasgupta. The incident occurred close to the town of Banjar in the Kulu district. More than 60 passengers were on board the bus. Many of them, according to the district police chief, were women and children returning from work and school. Some of the victims were travelling on the roof when the driver lost control around a bend, and the bus veered off the road, falling more than 150 meters. The Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi said he was deeply saddened by what had happened. It's estimated that about 150,000 people die in road accidents in India every year. After a series of votes by conservative lawmakers in Britain, the party membership will choose between the Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt and his predecessor Boris Johnson to lead the party and be the country's next Prime Minister. The Environment Minister Michael Gove was narrowly eliminated. Here's the BBC's Rob Watson. So we now know, in just over a month's time, there will either be a Prime Minister Johnson or Hunt. Mr. Johnson will no doubt be relieved he won't be up against Michael Gove. It was Mr. Gove who had sabotaged Mr. Johnson's last attempt at getting the top job three years ago, when the two men fell out badly, having previously led the Leave campaign together. Although Mr. Johnson is the firm favourite, Jeremy Hunt will put up a strong fight. This is, after all, the biggest prize in British politics. Whoever wins, however, will inherit. The political crisis over Brexit that has already finished off two prime ministers. Vietnam has set up a special task force to look at how to maintain the preserved body of the former revolutionary hero Ho Chi Minh. It'll include experts from Russia, as the BBC's Michael Bristow reports. After the Vietnamese leader died 50 years ago, his body was embalmed and put on display in a special mausoleum in Hanoi. It's still there today. But over the years, the condition of Ho Chi Minh's remains have deteriorated. The task force will look at how to preserve them for the coming decades. Russia embalmed its own revolutionary heroes, and so has expertise in this field. It's long helped Vietnam with their leader's body. But all this effort to preserve Ho comes despite a note in his will, in which he has to be cremated. 
The markets a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,458, 89 points down on the previous close. Turnover was at $46 billion. Currency is the US dollar is trading at 107.08 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 92 cents. Now sport, here's Atom Chung. We start with football. The group stage of the Women's World Cup is complete. The United States finished top of Group F after a 2-0 win over Sweden. The Americans made it three wins out of three, having scored 18 goals without conceding. More from the BBC's Sarah Mulkerns. The defending champions go through as group winners and truth be told in this their final group game that was billed as their first real test it was relatively easy. They scored fast through Lindsay Horan three minutes in and then doubled their lead after the break when Tobin Heath's chip was deflected in off Jana Anderson amid a hint of offside from Carly Lloyd but VAR ruled in the USA's favour. They will face Spain next with a possible quarter final against the host France looming over them and two African sides are through to the knockout stages for the first time. Cameroon had a last gasp winner 11 seconds from time to beat New Zealand 2-1 to progress while Nigeria advance after Chile failed to score a penalty late on against Thailand. Francisca Lara hit the bar. If it went in it would have been a 3-0 win that would have seen them through but the 2-0 final result sent them home and handed that final spot to Nigeria. In the Cricket World Cup, David Warner stepped up with the bat as Australia beat Bangladesh by 48 runs at Trembridge. Warner hit 166 for his second century in the tournament. Australia made 381 for five. In reply, Bangladesh could only reach 333 for eight from their 50 overs. The Australian cricket commentator Jim Maxwell says Warner's performance still won't be enough for some after his role in the 2018 ball tampering scandal in South Africa. He's a somewhat chastened individual who's um, coming out of a, a pretty grim period yes. where he was on the nose collectively around the country to the point where a lot of people said he should never play for Australia again. In fact, if I dare say this, I was at a function in September last year in the long room at Lords, and there was a fellow there who's captain of your one-day team, and he said exactly that. Really? He should never play again. And a lot of people yeah. had that feeling because they just felt he brought bad odour to the game. The New Orleans Pelicans have taken Zion Williamson with the number one pick in this year's NBA draft, and it comes as no surprise. The six foot seven forward from Duke dominated the NCAA, averaging 22 points per game while shooting 68% from the field. His teammate, the Canadian forward RJ Barrett, was taken third by the New York Knicks after the Memphis Grizzlies took point guard Ja Morant from Murray State at number two. Rui Hachimura became the first Japanese player to get chosen in the first round. The Gonzaga Four was taken ninth overall by the Washington Wizards. And that's your look at sports. A reminder of our top story, anti-extradition campaigners are surrounding police headquarters in Wan Chai. The news from RTHK. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. And a very good afternoon to you. It's James Ross, back with you again. It's the one, two, three show. I'm in for Noreen Tell Free.
I'm not afraid.